And welcome to KGNU. This is your host, uh, DJ T-Dub. I am here with a very couple of very special guests. Deva Pramal and Mit Ten. They will be playing the Boulder Theater on May 20th. So uh, you have a new album out, Temple at Midnight. Can you tell me a little bit about your music and a little bit of backstory? Sure, we can. The first thing uh, that uh, you need to know is that the music is really, in our case, it's our spiritual uh, practice. You know, mainly the music is mantras, Sanskrit mantras from India. And we met 25 years ago in an ashram in India. And we were practicing meditation. We were learning about the different ways to uh, experience our inner world. And at the same time, the music that came from there was very much about deepening the uh, the space of inner peace, you know, and uh, relaxation. Not necessarily uh, uh, just boring music, because it's a very intense journey when you start looking inside and meditating. It's uh, you face your demons, you know. So the music mm-hmm. comes from a very clean place. And uh, without any, I mean, we never saw it as a career move. It was never about making money or being famous, but it just happened as the wave of interest in yoga and meditation grew. So the music became part of that movement. And so many people like your mother mm-hmm. turned on to it because it, it somehow reflected the, the journeys that we'd all been on with meditation and with looking at each other in the state of, the world the way it is and what good we can do and how we can help but at the same time how can we help ourselves mm-hmm. so the music very much comes from india although my roots are in uh, western rock and roll music i was mm-hmm. supporting and touring with people like fleetwood mac and raikuda and these kind of guys back in the day mm-hmm. so uh, i i um the Temple at Midnight album is kind of more uh, about uh, songs that describe the journey as opposed to the mantras, which actually support the journey. So it's a, it's a mixture of mantras, which is what you hear mm-hmm. when you were talking about the dubby, more the dubby kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, on top of that, you have the songs which describe more the journey, you know. So, so that's, uh, that's our, our mm-hmm. path, you know. What language do you usually sing in? Well, personally, I usually sing in Sanskrit, which is the ancient language that the mantras are in. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the ancient language of India that is also called the mother mother language because so many languages derive from that uh, sound of Sanskrit, you know, even English and in the Roman languages. But it's a very potent and special language because it's energy-based where every sound is actually the sound equivalent to the manifestation, which means it's not a descriptive language. It's a, it's a sound medicine language where we make certain sounds and they have very profound effects on the body, on the mind, on our psyche, on our metaphysical bodies. So it's, it's, it's uh, shamanistic, you know, it's deep, mm-hmm. it's healing. And uh, we, are, we experience that as we experience healing modalities, very direct, you know, there's no knowledge or belief or, you know, kind of um, religion that we have to follow or, or believe in. It's a direct experience of the healing power of these sacred sounds. Mm-hmm. 
And I kind of see your music as, you know, something to put on during after a long day, something to just meditate, but kind of on a daily basis as well. Uh, something you could listen to regularly and it could uh, really just affects your mood, uh, which is one of the great things about music, like it or not, is uh, music can bring back memories, can affect your mood. So it's really interesting how you actually use music as a tool to do that. True. And, uh, you know, we get so many messages where the music, uh, because they're mantras, because it's not, you see, if you sing in a song, you have this emotion in there, but mantras don't have that emotional content. They're deeper, they're below that, uh, that emotional content. So people use them for, for places in their life that they can't necessarily articulate. For instance, making love. You know, people mm -hmm. use it for making love, or they use it also for giving birth. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they use it for when people or their parents may be dying, you know, or when somebody is dying, they play these, you know, we, so we get this amazing feedback from people all over the world or when they get married, you know, all these sacred moments in their lives that uh, the mantras support and, and actually in a way uh, kind of articulate the feeling and, of, of what people are going through. So you know it's a it's a very uh, deep process, and and, mm -hmm. and that's what the that, I mean. We play okay, we play in Boulder Theatre, but basically, it's not a show. You know, the people who come, they're not looking to be entertained. They're looking to come almost like they're coming into a spiritual gathering where we're going to be chanting these indigenous sounds and uh, also singing together and having a good time together, but also. Uh, giving each other the space not to clap, you know, like to what is it like if you don't clap for two hours or three hours in a concert, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you get into a different, you get into a whole different uh, vibrational space. And this, uh, actually, this is what supports me and Deva traveling so much. We've been traveling for 20 years, you know. We don't have a home base. We're like nomads. And uh, we just travel um, and share this music, and uh, it, it nourishes us. It's, a, it's as much for us as it is for the people who come. So it's a great, it's just a great gathering of people, really cool people like your mum mm -hmm. and like you, you mm -hmm. know, and generations who come to get something cool but different to uh, the usual menu you know, that you get in, in theaters and rock shows and music mm -hmm. shows in general, you know. Uh, again, this is the Boulder Theater on May 20th. Just keep, uh, keep your dial tuned into KJNU. We've been giving away tickets already uh, to the show, so I'm sure we have many, many more uh, tickets to give away. Or you could just uh, go on the Boulder Theater's website and buy some tickets, or just go, go to the artist's website, um, there's a lot of stuff on YouTube, a lot of stuff on the internet, um, which is actually really cool. Um, I was actually listening to a lot of your music. There was a, as you mentioned, the lovemaking one. I'm trying to use that one day soon. But, <laughs> yeah, it's a good one to know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a, a lot of moods, different moods that you play in. And uh, I'm actually kind of curious as well as... Uh, Study show that also the other side, because I actually used to be a heavy metal DJ. 
So what do you say to that, to like someone who thinks the opposite, like heavy metal music uh, relieves stress or something really loud and just crazy? What do you say to those types of fans who, who feel, and may, they're not wrong. I mean, I'm not saying they're wrong, but, you know, what do you say to that type of people who uses, you know, heavy metal music to relieve stress? Well, I think it's great, you know. I think that's a good first step, but eventually where does that lead you? Mm-hmm. If you if you if you get to a point where you're not stressed out, then what? You know, then you're feeling good. As long as you're feeling good and you can help your fellow man, uh, then uh, it's all cool. It's when it turns aggressive and then it gets uh, negative, mm-hmm. and that's uh, when it fires up the negativity. Then you have to look out because uh, you know you can get that's a drug. Negativity is a, a drug, you know. Mm-hmm. And you see the world is full of it. You see it in politics. You see it in religion. It's all, there's so much negativity and there's so much separatism. And uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a, for me, it's a good first step. There's nothing wrong in, uh, in experiencing it. And I know from my, from my friends who've got kids playing that music, and they're good kids. And they're, they're expressing a very obvious uh, reflection of society and, and uh so I, I'm uh, all for it, but I would say don't get stuck there. You know that's a good step, but there's more to life than blaming everyone and and mm-hmm. uh, just yelling at politicians and everything. You've got to find a way through there to a sense of of your own inner peace and your own quiet place. And 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 then there's another kind of music that comes from there, and that's just as intense as in, and as important as the music you've been playing as heavy metal musicians, you know? Mm-hmm. That's very interesting because, um, yeah, I mean, it's just the power of music in general. If, if you look back to any time in his, in your life, um, I think it's kind of the opposite is if you listen to a song, you can remember a time when you first heard it, when you first, uh, you know, it brings back memories, emotions. Uh, if you've ever cried listening to a song, I mean, I could play a few songs that are pretty sad. And it's just the power of music. Um, are you trying to capture the power of music in more of a therapeutic way as well? Say, for example, I have a friend who's actually autistic, and his uh, mother took him to a music therapist. And the beat and the music helped him develop as a musician. And he went from being scared of talking to actually now being a rapper and a hip-hop artist uh, through music therapy. Do you kind of work with that as well in your music? And, you know, people who have maybe been through PTSD have, you know, maybe some anger, abuse issues. Do you ever work with those type of people with your music? Yes, it's been used for exactly for that, and we've had a lot of feedback just exactly from teachers, from autistic children, where the children became communicative by listening to the music or actually sang along, or from war veterans who said it helps me, like you said, with PTSD. So it's, it's healing music, and uh, also we've been really really focusing on going to plain prisons and also mm-hmm. in psychiatric prisons, you know, where, where people are in that sensitive, sensitive space, vulnerable space and, and are open for for healing from another place and it's incredible how 
how it works, you know, in all these different circumstances. We all need healing, you know. We all basically we all benefit from it, and and we put it out there, and we are happy that they, it finds its way to the to the mm-hmm. right ears. But I don't think there's it's in any place. It's it's uh, it's not um, beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I tell you one thing, Tim. We play we uh, we once played in San Quentin prison, <laughs> and. Uh, that was amazing, man. You because you know we were, we were, we were in a in an environment where we where we say okay now, you know okay the mantras work, and they and they resonate in a certain environment. But what about in a prison? What about San Quentin? You know, and we had uh, such an amazing night with the guys there, uh, and and there were tears and they were joining in the chanting and. Uh, you know, it, you know, the thing with tears is it doesn't have to be sad music. You can be uplifted and, and still cry. You know, we, we, we see people in our concerts just releasing, just releasing and like weeping or, you know, just having that beautiful overwhelming, like a, you know, like a kind of religious experience where you're just, oh my God, life is much more beautiful than I, I forget how good it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And or whatever, you know, those kind of emotions also come through when we play. So, you know, it is an intense evening, but it's also full of uh, affirmative emotions. And, uh, you know, we have, you know, the Dalai Lama once was asked, you know, what are the three main qualities of, of a spiritual journey? And one of them that he quoted was humor. Mm-hmm. And uh, because laughter is so healing, so you know we don't. De- it's not like we're a serious, uh, you know, anything like that. There's a lot of space for laughter and enjoyment, and at the same time, there's the op- opportunity to just sit in silence and not clap and just absorb the sounds of the music and the mantra that we've all been singing together. No need to clap. Who's clapping who, you know? So we're all in it together. So it's a very uplifting and healing environment in which to play music. As a musician, I've never played music in such a great mm-hmm. environment as as, uh, as this. And it all came from India, really. Well, that's, uh, that's going to be a very interesting show. I'm going to make sure to uh, show up again with my mother. It's very interesting that you said, uh, don't clap during the show well it's not that we say don't clap it's just that we make it an invitation say mm-hmm. uh, okay people clap and we say okay thanks but now what happens if you don't clap because a lot of the clapping is just it's just what you do when you go to a concert you play mm-hmm. you clap they play you clap they play you clap what happens if you take that out what happens if we're not afraid of silence it's that then it gets to be really interesting. Something different happens. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Actually, you mentioned that because I have an art uh, friend of mine who uh, his shows are kind of unique because people don't really clap because they're just such an awe. So, well, they do clap. They'll clap like a few times, and then they'll stop because they're just in awe of the music. And I think it's also kind of a different, it seems like it's 
a different type of crowd participation. I don't even really want to call it a show. I might even want to call it maybe a involved experience, mutual experience, because it doesn't seem like you could just sit there and watch like a show that, you know, like a regular concert. Like I'm going to a concert next week. I'm just going to sit there. It doesn't seem like I'll be able to sit there during your show, correct? <laughs> you can do what you want, man. You can do what I want. So it's going to be a very uh, mutual experience, kind of yeah. not really borderline show slash experience. So yeah. again, that's uh, May 20th at the Boulder Theater. That's, uh, this is Deva Pramal and Mit Ten. Uh, check mm-hmm. out their new album, Temple at Midnight. Um, that should uh, be everywhere. Or just go to to YouTube, check them out. Go to the Boulder Theater dot uh, com for tickets, or go to kgnu.org for more information. Also, check them out on the internet. Uh, you're on Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, correct? Instagram, yeah. Yeah, just Google uh, Deva D E V A Pramal P R E M A L, and Mit Ten is M I T E N. This is a uh, Norwegian. The Beatles cover of Norwegian Wood by Deva Pramal and Mitten uh, from their new album, Temple at Midnight. Go check them out May 20th at the Boulder Theater.